I'm Amy, and you're listening to the Creativity Matters Podcast. Today on the Creativity Matters Podcast, the one little word or word of the year quest, a challenge to find and pick a word. Here we go. You're listening to the CMP, a Creativity Matters Podcast. Stories of creative journey and a reminder that creativity matters in whatever form it takes for you. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Creativity Matters Podcast. I'm Amy, and this is episode 289, Finding Word. And yeah, I know that's not grammatically a great way to say it, but it feels right. Finding Word. We're going to go with poetic license on that. It has been a weird week. I start a lot of shows that way. This one feels different. They always feel different. It has been the kind of week that reminds me how easy it can be to slip and slide and lose one's bearings. How very, very easy and how very, very hard it is to reach out and let anyone know that that is happening or to reach out and let anyone know and have them recognize that it is real and that it's serious and that you're serious. It has been cold and rainy and lots and lots of fog. And no, I don't have light issues, but it has been very foggy. I normally love the fog, but it feels symbolic right now. To juggle holiday things, we ended up scheduling a makeup class, an art class on a different night of the week. And it was pouring. This is the rainy season where I am, and in some years, there are days and days and days of rain. So it was pouring, absolutely pouring. And the fog was so thick, so thick. I have never lived anywhere else that has this kind of fog. This is not just storybook fog, this is mystery novel, suspense, intrigue, scary, deep, deep fog. That's what we have here. And it was that foggy on this night. You could barely see in front of you by six o'clock at night. And I hesitated to commit to the library. I really did. But I knew it would be the first library night of the year. And despite How silly I still know this night is. It felt comfortable and it felt a little bit exciting. There is still some secret power to this library night, this little bit of wander off the path, even though it has become a path. That hour of time that feels effective and time-sensical and strangely decadent. There is something about that hour. I wish my week was studded with such hours. Who would I be? What could I do? What could I make and achieve and become if I had a handful of those hours? I packed a bag of stuff to take, and I dropped my son off at art, and then I drove back to the library. That little bit of me inside said, yes, it's raining and it's foggy and you don't want to be out in it, but you have to do it. You need to do it. Who would you be with a bunch of these hours? 
It's not to say I'm overly productive in that hour every week, but it changes and transforms and infuses something in me. There's something alive simply by virtue of taking this hour. So I drove back to the library. And the right-in-front spaces, they were all full. I waited a bit up the street, hoping that one might open up. I didn't really want to trek through the downpour. So I waited, and one did open up. Somebody left, and I moved the car. And then I sat there because I was listening to an old episode of the CMP, back when the CMP was the Creative Mom podcast. I was listening to this old show prompted by the work someone else had shared in that day. Made me think of something and wonder about having said something before, something that I hold really close and dear. And so I went back and listened to this old show, which partly fits in with some things I'm going to do this year, but I'm not going to go that far back. But I listened to this old show and that was an interesting experience. And it was the right show. It was the discussion I was thinking of, although not anchored to the piece of art that I was thinking about. So that tells me I've talked about this same thing in many shows. I had just found the show with the right title. Also made me realize these titles are much more important than I sometimes realize. They do give me a way to look back sometimes, sometimes. But I sat there and I listened to the old show episode 128, Art That Matters. I listened to that for a bit, and I was hoping that the rain would ebb, that it would slow down, that it would stop. And when it didn't, I geared up to make the dash inside. I didn't want to lose this entire hour. I got up the steps, only to find the doors locked. As I walked back down the stairs, I rounded the building and I looked at the posted hours and realized that that night is one of the few nights a week that they are not open late. So I was out of time, out of space, out of schedule. It's just not in the right moment. Wasn't meant to be. Minor inconvenience, not really a huge deal. It just took me by surprise. So I made a mental note not to schedule makeup classes on Monday. There is an overall disjunct, though. I'm noticing it. I'm noticing it. I feel it. And I had a tearful drive home one morning. There have been other tears in this week. We go through these moments, all of us. The thickness of the fog right now just seems to be corroborating my feelings sinking them in and entrenching them, etching them in place in my mind. The stark white light of these mornings, I walk into the kitchen some mornings and think I'll catch the light, I'll write it down, I'll do these things that I thought I would do, and there is nothing. It is solid white. Now is the winter of our discontent. That line came to me when I was putting together these notes. It just popped up. It really fits just on a sheer level of words. It's from Richard III, but it is actually out of context. If you know the line and you know the play, you know the monologue, those words used the way I just used them, now is the winter of our discontent. 
that is completely out of context and unhinged from the couplet, a couplet that is, in fact, claiming change and better times. That's not how I'm using it. Now is the winter of our discontent. It feels like it should be someone else, right? And I laugh as I say it. I laugh as I think it. I know the discontent is not new. It is not special. It is not precious or privileged or something only I go through. There is discontent in so many ways in our society, in our country, in our culture, in individual families and homes and houses and cities and towns and villages, communities. I marvel some days that we keep going at all, but we do. But we do. Like the weather, this funk will snap. I know. Like the universe, things will snap back into place, right themselves. The demons and doubts kept at bay while we ride along the surface, curating creativity, hope, poetry, light, drawing a shawl close or zipping up a vest against the chill that you know rides just below or just around the corner. I actually like the fog, like I said, but it does set the stage in some ways, wrapping and enveloping this week, this frame of thought, this mental stew, quagmire, swallowing my words. I have been thinking about my word for 2018. And that is not a negative process. But this thinking is all coming about right now in this period of fog. So I've been thinking about my word for 2018 for weeks, maybe months, half-heartedly thinking at first last fall, knowing it was coming, letting my mind throw out some feelers just a little bit as certain words passed by, keeping it there in the edge of my awareness, not looking it head on, not wanting to really face it yet because it wasn't quite time for me. My awareness and my mind near the end of the year, making that list and contemplating those words from a distance. And then more closely as the year wrapped up and then realizing in these first weeks of January that I don't know what the word is for this year, or I haven't given in, given in. It's the wrong approach, given in. It should be I haven't claimed it or haven't named it or haven't adopted it or taken it in, but given in. It does reveal something about the process for me, but it is a process of all of that, naming and claiming and owning and taking on a word for the year. I always have some trouble. I am always particular. I always struggle. And I often give in to a word that I am skeptical of or resist in some way. My process is often one step forward, two steps back. None of that is new. But the struggle this year feels more difficult. It's hitting me harder. I don't usually talk at all about my thought processes with others. I don't talk about the words on my list. I don't show my list. There are reasons for that. We each handle this differently. But for me, there are reasons for that. I do better when I really arrive at this on my own. 
And that is going to stand out a little bit as funny as this show unfolds, I think. But it is true that for me, this is a very private process. It is a personal process. It isn't something that I want feedback on until I'm done. Maybe after I'm done, I could withstand that a little bit. But for the most part, I like to ponder and choose and then keep for the year in private. But this year, there was a little bit of discussion, just a bit. And I realized how much I need for this to be something that I do in a vacuum. I don't like to in any way feel swayed. I don't like to risk thinking of and picking a word that then I know someone else who is close to me is choosing. For me, that just wouldn't work. So I need to always know that I came to my word on my own. And then if it happens to be the same word as someone else, then that's a different scenario. That has never happened, not in the same year. I see other people adopt words that I have held before, and that always feels special. There is a level of connection that you feel when you think, oh, yeah, I had that word, and I loved that word, and now this person has that word. That's a wonderful thing. So there was a little bit of discussion, not a whole lot. And in that process, though, I realized that although I thought I had taken all my steps with the Susanna Conway materials, I hadn't actually joined the Facebook group this year. So I did that way late. And I don't actually go through all the steps of the prompts that she sends. I think they're really well done and really fascinating and really powerful for a lot of people. I like to see them and look at them. But I really, really like the group. And so I signed up way late. I like seeing other people pop in, claiming their words and showing them. They typically show up with a piece of art about their word. And they talk about their reasons for their words and what it's going to mean. And I actually really love that. I love that. Meanwhile, in my head, I keep going back and forth with a few words. There was a word I toyed with. The first word on my list, which is actually odd. When everything unfolded, it was odd that this word was the first word I had written down. But it isn't the right word for me for this year. It's a word I would like to have and I think would be fun to have, but it's not the right word. So I do have a list and I keep adding to the list as new words pop into being, as I get more and more stressed about not having finalized my own decision. I keep thinking through every word that I hear, every possibility. Every new word that I have written down has been instantly a no. But I've jotted these words down. See it, say it, feel it. Nothing new has proven to be a contender. I keep going back to a few specific words from my pre-January 1 list. It was a good list overall, and there are several words that are exactly the right kind of word. And there are several words that I thought last fall might be my word, words that I thought might fit what I needed or what I was really going to focus on in this year. Some of those words really are important words for me at this point. But those are not the words I'm really considering. It's a very interesting process. I love 
the self-knowing and the story, the my story aspect of finding word. Because if you really give in to this process, it takes you down a whole bunch of different directions. And as you try on some of these other words, you think about various aspects of your life and what you want to do and what you need to do and what you hope for and what is and what isn't. And I think you get an interesting level of clarity, even from the words that you ultimately are not going to choose. So I keep going back to this list and to a couple of words, a couple of words that I think are the contenders. I've tried them out. I've said them out loud. I've waited to really feel which is right and why. And I'm still wordless. Even today, I was looking at something and thought, oh, well, what about those words? Hmm, maybe one of those words is right. Look at that word. Look at that one. And yet I keep going back to this core list. And being wordless, I have started to worry about being wordless. As I listen to podcasts, every juicy word that comes up or every quasi-philosophical word or figure out my story or what is my path or who am I or I am going to make a difference and I am going to build and succeed and thrive and grow, every word that comes up that really leaps out at me as the right kind of word, I've held it out. I've said it out loud, momentarily pondered and turned around in some mental light, rotated, looked at from all angles. What about that word? What about this word? And nothing has been right. I listened to another podcast this week in which the hosts talked about choosing words. They talked about it out of the context, out of the larger context, this huge creative community context. They talked about it outside of all of that. There wasn't a recognition of word choosing as a fairly common thing over more than the last decade. And that bothered me. It bothered me a little bit because I remember what I see as kind of the origins of this movement. For those of you new to the idea or interested in the bigger picture, I'll link to Allie Edwards and a bit of her history with choosing a word starting in 2006, which was the first year of the CMP. 2006, she calls it one little word, and she has all kinds of information and a workshop and such beautiful and evocative thinking about the power of one little word. So I always do go back and look at some of her materials. Sometimes after the fact, I go back and I think, wow, this is really what it is. Her words and her process and the way she does it has real resonance for me. So I will link to some of that. She also has a list, and I will link to that. And I have not listened to it yet, but in pulling up links today, I see that she has talked about her word and her process on episodes of Elise Gets Crafty every year for the last few years. So I have this year's discussion loaded up on my screen right now. I'm going to listen to it in a bit, but I haven't listened yet. I will, and I hope you do too. So I listened to this other podcast and to their ideas about word choosing. And I listened in surprise, really, at their discussion. 
was two hosts talking to each other about not setting goals, but about choosing a word. And it is always fascinating to hear other people talk about things like this. Choosing words can be done in so many ways. There are people who have no trouble choosing. They don't hem and haw. And I envy those people. There are people who choose a word at random and stick with it. And I'm sorry, but that would stress me beyond belief. There's no way, no way. I would find every way in the world to cheat the system. Sort of like when you say, okay, this is going to be it. And then you say, well, what about one out of three? Or, well, that was practice. Or let's do it again. Or maybe three out of five. That would be me. I could not do that. There are people who diligently work through courses or workshops or self-help journeys to find their words. I don't do any of that either. I love those kinds of materials. And I really love how that process works for people. I'm not good about working through things like that. There are people who choose more than one word, and that's not me either. I really want one. That is the struggle and the quest is to identify the one word. One little word. I really like how she says that. One could really throw a dart, draw from a hat. Yes, ask the universe. And really, if you are going back and forth between a word or two, and you go for a ride or a walk, and you see one of your words pop up on a bus ad or a billboard or wall graffiti, really? You should just listen. Or maybe you'll hear just the right song, the word leaping out at you from the lyric, reinforcing what you know in your heart. It is a heart choice. Yes, it is. It is a heart and a mind choice. And that makes it hard because you need both of those parts to work together. The mind may do all the figuring out, figure out all the ways in which this word can be used and can stretch and hold and contain and grow and branch and be what you might need. But in the end, I think the heart has to agree. And I think in some years, my heart has agreed to a word That was just slightly uncomfortable. My heart knew something different. If the moment of serendipity happens for you and puts the word in the sky, the trail of an airplane, the fortune in a cookie, the answer to a crossword puzzle question, the word on the Starbucks cup, pay attention. If you had already been thinking about this word and you see it in that way, pay attention. Serendipity is pretty special. It's pretty amazing when it happens. Serendipity is the stuff of whimsy. I love words. No secret there. And I love having a special word. I love having a secret word, a guiding word, a beacon and light and reminder and token and touchstone for the year. I like having a word of the year because it offers all of those things. It's like a special talisman, too, that I can weave in and out of my discussions. My word always gets woven in and out of podcast episodes and stories and meandering lines of thought. A word becomes its own little touchstone, its own rhinestone in the mix of words. My word appears in my art and in all discussions of my mapping and tracking and story building and writing and process and even planning and memory and history, self-knowing, the quotidian 
and the vast, the beyond, that for which we need to reach. I always look at words in a variety of ways. I'm always looking for a nuanced word. I choose a word that is active. Typically, I choose a word that is active. And that also may be a noun. It's both descriptive and solid. In some years, I have sifted through words and really questioned words that might seem right, that might feel like the right kind of concept, but that would leave me a sitting duck. I really am careful. I try to be careful. I'm trying to be deliberate. I'm trying to be deliberate with my life. I turn away from discussions that take away from the process and tradition of holding a word. Not everyone adopts this process. I know that, and that is fine. And the process doesn't have depth of meaning for everyone, even for those who do take on a word. But for some people, it really does. It's partly why I like being in that group, because I can see that there are all these other people that take real meaning from this process. I like most of the words that I've held in the past. I guess I like all of the words I've held in the past. Some of them make me feel all soft just to think of them again. So what's going on this year? I've given that some thought. On the podcast I was listening to, I heard something along the lines of, whatever you do, don't get a giant list of words and go through and circle a bunch of words you like. And I I laughed out loud at that one because that is exactly what lots and lots and lots of people do. And I actually think there's something to be said for doing exactly that. I think it can be a really good and helpful thing because the word you don't consider might be exactly the word that would be perfect. The next word on that list might be just what you need. This is something you see all over the web and in word finding groups and posts, lists of words. You can find one in Susanna Conway's package Allie Edwards has a list on her site and a reading of the words that you can listen to. I think it's a good idea when you are looking for your word to look at lists of words that come up in this context, to read them, scan them, scroll them. Where do you do a mental blip when you see a word? When you hear a certain word, do you feel something different? When you say words out loud, which ones really seem to stand out this year? And this is a time-bound moment of finding word. This is a very, very specific to you right now and to where you hope to go or how you hope to focus or what you want to work on or what you need in the coming year. So every year you're going to hear something different. Different words will strike you in different years. On that same show, in the wake of the don't make a list discussion, there was the just ask what your word is and it will come to you mentality. Just ask, ask God, ask the universe, just ask. Your word will be provided. And it was one or the other of those in that context. I'm going to generalize it to both or either. And that process of just asking and the right word coming the right word being shown to you, it seems to work for some people. I was driving one day, maybe that same day, maybe the next, and thinking about other people and their words and how sometimes from the outside, we know enough about a person to be able to say, this is the word I would wish for you in this year. This is a word I wish for you. 
We always know better. We think how to help someone else, more so maybe than ourselves. But we also only know snippets of those people usually. And maybe that makes it easier, really, to see the word that somehow feels like it would be just right. And it may not be expansive enough. It may not be all-encompassing enough. Most people would not want to know what word someone else would choose for them or what word someone else would suggest. I wouldn't want to know. And definitely, I don't want to know before I've made my own decision what a can of worms that might be. Most people would not want to know what word someone else would choose. And yet secretly, maybe you would like to know what word someone else would choose, what they would say. It's an interesting catch-22. Me, I really do try and lock myself away from others in this process. Don't comment. Don't talk about it. Don't say anything. Don't tell me what you think. Don't show me your list. I really need the vacuum. I'm not going to give you the chance to weigh in on my choices. I don't want to be swayed or influenced. I really want that vacuum in which I can contemplate, weigh, and maybe wait for the moment of serendipity. I watch conversations in bigger groups, though, with people that I don't know, and I love to see those word choices unfold. In that scenario, I love to see people say, here's what I'm thinking about and needing, but I can't find a word. I love the courage it takes to ask. And I love to see all these strangers jump in with suggestions. It can be really beautiful and empowering. I think that is what I love most about that group. And why I was so sorry to realize I had actually never signed up. What I love is that generosity of strangers. I don't think I could choose a word that someone else gave me. But that's me. It really does work for a lot of people. I need to come to it fully and of my own accord. I don't want to feel swayed or influenced or led. I just need to give in to dig deep, to reach out and beyond and to reach within, to try and sort out the magic and mystery that might all be locked up inside one single word if I can just pick the right word. I can safely talk about all of this here within the nebulous construct of this show, and I don't feel at all strange about it. In the bright light of the real day, it's probably all a little too new age too odd, too la-la land, too Harry Potter, too self-help. I don't know. I don't know. 35 minutes in and I'm still waxing poetic about words and following illusions and tracks in the snow. And on this show, that's all exactly right. And that's why I'm here. Because in this little bitty space and this niche and this chunk of time that I carve out to talk out loud, that is exactly right. That's the wordplay and the process and the possibility of memory and tracking and finding flow. The process of light and grace and hope and balance and story. And I always think, think I partially know, somewhere deep inside, which word is the word. But I hate to make that final decision and rule out all those other words. Yeah, that's really probably the core of it. I hate to rule out all those other words and know that the absolutely perfect word might be just around the corner. I don't like to choose. I don't like to choose. It's true. I'm bad at choosing. This year, though, there is more than one. More than one. And I have been a little bit confused. And then it hit me that 
maybe partly the problem is that the words that keep coming up for me are words that I can really envision as right for part of me. But I'm not so sure about for the rest of me. I can't remember feeling that schism before in this process, this divide between my creative life and the rest of my life. And whether or not there is a word that fits both places. But for at least a car ride or two, I thought about the fact that maybe that really is the problem. Maybe what I need in the two places isn't the same. Maybe the words on my short list don't work both ways. And that put me off track for a bit. That car ride left me with questions. It left me unsettled by my own layers of not knowing and unknowing. And I don't know. Other podcasts and other car rides and tears and other moments of real life that have chilled me in new ways. This is all a total stew of January. It isn't pretty. It isn't pretty. And the process of finding your word should be pretty. I wish. I wish it was pretty because it should be pretty. It is such a beautiful thing and a beautiful process. It should be pretty. Like a penny pressed from a machine that you pay a dollar for. It should pop out of this process all shiny, hopeful, bright. It should be a word that shines, that offers some kind of beacon that you hold in the back of your head and feel the warmth of the word, the power, the hum, the radiant light, the rightness. You feel that this is the word that is right. It's been a few days since that car ride, a few days since I was thinking about the sense that we could so easily peg other people with their words. A few days, and that sense of divide has settled. It has. I really toyed with that, with answers that I don't have, with a lack of direction, with the sense of being stuck in some ways, and how that changes how I think about this word and this word finding and finding word. I went back through my list again several times, but I keep coming back to the same set. The right word will work to some degree everywhere. The shifting moods and moments of these first days of January are doing a number on me and my thinking about words. I know many of you listening to this show have already chosen a word, and I'm really glad. I'm happy for you. I'm happy to know people who do this and who take it seriously and who care. Some of you make sure you choose before January 1, and I think that's great. Those of you who still haven't chosen, it is okay. I give myself... January. I really do. I do give myself more time and space probably than many people. I am a little worried that I haven't chosen, but it is fine to choose even now. And it is fine down the road to change. And I don't want to talk about that. That would be really branching off into a new direction. But it is also okay if your word isn't right. But for today, if you haven't chosen, I hope you'll consider it. If you have chosen, I hope you take steps to record your word, to start giving it life once you claim it. Put it where you will see it. Write it, paint it, collage it. Write out the definitions. Write out your initial thoughts or the ways in which you hope this word will be a touchstone and an anchor in the coming year. Paint a rock. Buy an engraved charm. There are all kinds of ways you can commemorate your word. Make it concrete. I've always talked about this idea of creating some running piece of art and adding a word every year. And I've never done it. 
but it is always in my head how wonderful it would be. I hope you find some way to make your word concrete in front of you, to make your own word art, make a background or a lock screen image for your phone, all kinds of ways you can begin to hold your word, put it in front of you so that you think of it often, so that it becomes a guide and an approach that you will use or adopt or keep in mind for the year. I hope your word is a good word for you and that you feel good about it. And I know that isn't always the case. I know some words are very hard, very hard to hold, even when they're right. Some people share. Some people like me keep the words secret, even if we sometimes keep them secret by using them over and over and over without saying that's what we're doing. When I first started thinking about the show, I was knee deep in the idea of knowing words for other people, but finding it so hard to find my own. That sense is mellowed today. There have been some ups and downs this week. I listened to that one podcast and then found myself doing corny things later. Really, the more stressed I've gotten about not having a word, the more willing I was to give in to things that even I would define as corny. I haven't drawn any circles in the living room floor out of salt or flour or whatever might be needed and stepped inside that circle. No, I'm totally kidding. I really am. But I have done some... Uh, what might seem to be desperate and corny things this week. Hoping to feel my word come to me with a feeling or sensation of it locking into place. There are always words that you hope will be right that may not be right for this year. Some people might take on a word like that and hope that taking it on will make it so. That is one approach. For me, I put off words that I know are not right, words that I call my someday words. And I sincerely hope, I sincerely hope I get a chance for those words. I hope each year that they will be right. Choosing just one word, it's hard. And the word I choose is not always a word I love, not always a beautiful word even. But there is a pulse and a thrum, something that has resonance for this year that gives both active guidance, direction, a challenge maybe. The rest of my life has me confused, but I am keeping the big picture in mind as I think this through. I pulled up a page of quotes this morning and the first quote, it could make me love my word. I did pull up a list of quotes specific to a single word too. So I am narrowing in. Solving my life is going to take more than a year. More than one word. Maybe it isn't even possible. But I think I'm closer to giving in to this year's word. So that is at least something. And I'm going to read a quote now. And this is not the quote. This is not the quote. I don't want to give away what I'm thinking yet. I probably won't give it away for a while. But I saw these words today too. This quote These are powerful words, and I thought I would read this quote. This is from Anne Rand from Atlas Shrugged. Quote, do not let your fire go out, spark by irreplaceable spark in the hopeless swamps of the not quite, the not yet, and the not at all. Do not let the hero in your soul perish in lonely frustration for the life you deserved and have never been able to reach. The world you desire can be one. It exists. It is real. It is possible. It's yours. I don't know. I liked that today. I really did. 
I am the art. The art is me. And that is it for today. That is it for episode 289. Feels like a big show. It's a big topic. I repeat myself often in this conversation. I know that. I go back and say things again and again. And I'm okay with that too. Sometimes it takes repetition for something to sink in. The last show was also a big show. The last show was way too big on 365 projects and goal setting and thinking about your year and breaking things down into more manageable tasks. It had a little bit of all of that in it. And I've gotten the sense that it was too big. There was too much to say. Some of it needs to be broken out, talked about a little more concretely and in shorter discussions. But I hope if you didn't hear episode 288, you'll go back and take a listen. As always, I'm Amy. You can reach me at creativitymatterspodcast at gmail.com. The show notes are on the creativitymatterspodcast.com website. You can find me at Instagram as oamyoamy. And you can find me in the Facebook group, the Creativity Matters group. The music I play on the show is courtesy of Nikolai Heidless. And a special thank you to those of you who support the Creativity Matters podcast at Patreon. Patreon.com slash Creativity Matters podcast. Your support means a great deal. A great deal to me and to the ability to do this show. It's very important and I do appreciate it. Until next time. Remember that creativity matters in whatever form it takes for you. And don't forget to breathe. I wish you luck and peace with your word and in finding word. Have a good week, everyone. Mm-hmm.